Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible. Get your free audiobook download by heading over to audibletrial.com slash yap. I've got some exciting news. We've just launched our Yap Slack channel, a place where listeners from all over the world can connect with one another to grow their professional networks, engage in live discussions, and provide valuable feedback on our show. To join our Yap Society on Slack, go to bit.ly slash Yap Society. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Yap Society. I'll stick the link in the show notes to make it super easy. You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and grow. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and today's episode is all about the art of side hustles. We've invited Nick Loper on the show, who is the chief side hustler at Side Hustle Nation, a popular blog and podcast. Nick currently makes his living off of 15 different income streams, and so he's the perfect guy to give us practical advice on how to make some extra cash on top of our nine to fives. Stay tuned to find out what it takes to start a side hustle and how to turn a side hustle into your main hustle. Hey, Nick, thanks for yapping with us. You bet. Thanks for having me. So I thought that we could get started with getting acquainted. So an icebreaker, if you will. I was on your website and I saw this list of 25 facts about yourself, one of which I found really interesting. You took a cold shower for 500 days in a row. Can you tell me about that? Um, Why on earth did you do that? (laughs) I know, it sounds awful now. So this was kind of in the 2014 to 2015 timeframe. Started actually with a guest of mine on the Side Hustle show who was talking about, you know, taking cold showers, starting out as a a fat burning hack like to boost your metabolism for for the rest of the day because you're going to expend calories like heating your body up long after the shower is over but then what he found was it was effective for that but what he also found it was effective for just like motivation and he's like if this is the hardest thing that I have to do today and some days it's really hard because it sucks you just you feel like you're ready to tackle anything and I kind of found the same thing and I said on on air is like you know what that sounds awful, but let me give it a shot. And some good things started happening. It might, might have been totally placebo, but you know, at that time, I started to get more coaching clients, like traffic started to pick up. I don't know, like for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I was into it. And so I did it for, for over a year. I guess it was effective. Maybe it was what I needed at that time. Would you recommend it to others? Yeah, absolutely. Get out of your comfort zone a little bit, do it for 30 days, or even maybe the baby steps way to do it would be to end your showers cold, which is kind of what I tend to do today because that's less, <laughs> for some reason, less jarring than just like jumping straight into the, the cold water. That's funny. That sounds horrible. <laughs> so, so how did you become the chief side hustler at Side Hustle Nation? Tell us about yourself, your journey, you know, how you got started with it My original side hustle was when I was working corporate was a footwear comparison shopping site. Um, It was called shoesniper.com and it would uh, aggregate the product catalogs from Zappos and Amazon and all these other online footwear retailers and tell you where you could find the best price on your next pair of shoes and it earned money as as an affiliate. So you know, if somebody went and bought that pair of shoes through Amazon, the site would get a commission. And while I was running that, and the site had a almost a 10-year run, I was always looking for stuff on the side. And it was kind of like during one of these lower points of that business, doing some soul searching, be like, well, what do you want to be known for when people Google you? What do you get excited about talking about? And it was that prospect of lower risk entrepreneurship. You know, how do I build a business on the side? How do I make extra money that 
you know, really never gets old and still doesn't get old because there's a million and one creative ways that people are doing it. And that's kind of where the the Side Hustle Show and, and the Side Hustle Nation blog kind of were born from. So right now, are you a side hustler? Like how many side hustles do you have? A lot of them overlap. And so my days of experimenting with a lot of this stuff are kind of limited. So I used to do some freelancing, used to do some e-commerce experiments with like Amazon and eBay. And I still do a little bit of that, but that's kind of taken the back burner. The, the side hustle blog has kind of become, and the podcast have kind of become the main focus. But there still are a dozen income streams related to that and not related to that through self-publishing, through affiliate marketing on the site and on a couple other sites that I still run. Sadly, the shoe site no longer exists, but um, some other sites that were started during that time are still around, starting some experiments in the investing world. And it all, you know, it all adds up versus trying to rely on one source of income, having like a single point of failure. Yeah. So to that point, why do you prefer or recommend having side hustles over a nine to five job? Well, not necessarily a preference one over the other, but the ultimate freedom, right, is control over your calendar. How do you spend your time? How do you spend your days? And if you can piece together an income on your own terms rather than on somebody else's terms, you're more likely to have that freedom. So that's kind of where it came from for me. And I would definitely advocate focus first, simplify first, and then diversify second. So, you know, try and get one thing, one business, one income stream off the ground before going crazy and trying six things, you know, with an unfocused effort, because I think that's uh, harder to see results from. Why don't you give some context to our listeners about Side Hustle Nation? So like, what is Side Hustle Nation? Basically just a blog and podcast for people trying to make extra money outside of traditional employment. At the very low end of that, it could be like babysitting, walking dogs, delivering pizzas. Like I think all of those count as side hustles. There's a connotation that a side hustle has a little bit more of an entrepreneurial upside where maybe you're not directly trading hours for dollars or maybe maybe there's this vision, this hope, this dream that it could become something bigger yeah. as as it definitely did for me with the shoe business. I have a little trouble distinguishing a side hustle from a part-time job or a second job. How do you personally define what a side hustle is? Probably the textbook definition would be that that upside potential like that. You know, it's something that you have ownership over. Maybe it's an asset that you own versus Okay, I drive for Uber, or I'm delivering pizzas, or I'm you know doing Instacart deliveries or something like that, right? Like that's that absolutely counts as a side hustle in my mind, but at the same time, like you're limited on how much you can do by you know your hours in the day mm-hmm. versus with you starting the podcast, it's all of a sudden from a single mic and two people having a conversation, you could reach thousands and thousands of people, and that is really powerful. It becomes a little bit more leveraged and I think there's a lot more upside. Even just like starting a freelancing business. Like I'm going to do freelance writing, I'm going to do freelance podcast editing, whatever it is. So I was doing a bit of research on the show and I found out that more Americans are working a side hustle than ever before. And to be exact, there are 44 million Americans with a side hustle today. Why do you think the motivations to start a side hustle are so much stronger than they were in the past? That's a weird it's a weird time, right? It's a weird statistic because on the surface, the economy is great. Unemployment is at record lows. Yet why are 44 million people feeling the need or the desire to go out and make extra money? So I think part of it is reactive, right? Housing 
education, insurance, or healthcare, like all of those costs have grown way faster than real wages. So that's a driving factor, like just the straight up cost of living and people feeling the crunch to make ends meet and pay down student debt. That's maybe the negative way to look at it. And the more positive way to look at it is like I have the ability and the desire to, you know, start something that scratches a creative itch, that is something that I have control over, that I'm interested in, that I'm passionate about. That's probably driving some of that as well. And and those are kind of the people that are are more interesting to talk to than the people like, well, I need to make rent next month. That's you're 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 approaching it from a completely different standpoint. Yeah. And from my perspective, I really think it's all about the digital innovation that's going on. Like there's so many different digital platforms where people can do freelance work, whether it's Fiverr or Upwork. And mobility, you know, like you can just make money off your phone now while you're on the train. You know, I used to do that years ago, but I just feel like it's easier. There's so much more space to play because we've got the Internet now and there's just so much more that you can do with your free time to monetize it. So I think it's also like digital impact, too. Yeah, that word play that you just used is really key in approaching it that way, saying, look, this is going to be a fun experiment. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to put some content out there and approaching it that way, you know, lessens the sting of failure and kind of puts you more into a scientist role where it's like, okay, this is my hypothesis. I'm going to test something out. If it works, great. If it doesn't, okay, on to the next thing. I also read that half of millennials report having a side hustle. So this is really big for the younger millennial generation. Why do you think it's so attractive to younger millennials specifically? Most of my listeners are younger millennials. Yeah, I think it's that, you know, cash strapped nature. You know, look, we're dealing with a debt load. We're dealing with a higher cost of living in most cases. And it's just, okay, how do I make ends meet? And the way I approached it was like, I was just looking for a way to use my free time more productively. When I was first starting the shoe business, like I moved across the country for my day job, didn't have any friends like outside of the office, really. And so I had a lot of free times, nights and weekends. I was like, well, I could play Xbox with my buddies back home or just sit there and watch TV. But so, it was, you know, how can I be more intentional, be more effective with these hours that I've been given and try and make something worthwhile out of it? Yeah. You mentioned that you have a blog. It's a very cool blog. That's actually how I found you. I was looking for ways to monetize my podcast and came across one of your blogs. Oh, nice. (laughs) And one blog that I saw that I thought might be interesting to kind of recap for our listeners is this three laws of side hustle physics. Do you mind explaining what those three laws are? Sure. Well, these will parallel Newton. So (laughs) somebody wants to get uh, nerdy and, um, and, and talk about physics. So law number one is like this inertia and momentum law where you might remember from physics, right? An object at rest is going to stay at rest and an object in motion is going to stay in motion until acted upon by an external force. And we see this over and over again with people who you know, are on the sidelines looking to get into the game. Like there has to be some motivating factor to get you to move, to take action, to register that domain name, to put up your profile on Upwork, to try and get that first client, to put yourself out there. And, you know, maybe that's a meeting with your boss that doesn't go as well as you planned. Like one of my favorite moments on the show was a photographer, a journalist I had on the show. He, you know, had just won, you know, International Sports Photographer of the Year or something like his like highest award in his industry goes into his boss for his annual review. And his boss is like, man, I fought 
I fought for 4%, but I could only get you a 3% raise. And he's like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, he's making like 30 grand a year doing this. And he's like, this is not gonna work. And so that was the, you know, motivating factor to kind of get him off the sidelines and start thinking seriously about starting his side hustle. So that's kind of the first law. And it goes both ways. Like once you're in motion, we see this over and over again, ideas start to pop up that you never would have had just based on conversations that you have or things that you come across during your research. And that it's really powerful. Like this, you know, inertia and momentum law. Law number two is this law of force and impact. And so this is Newton's law of like acceleration. Acceleration of an object occurs you know, based on the force that was applied to it. So the smack of that 3% raise after winning the highest award in your industry, that was a pretty hard smack. And so it motivated Vincent to take off in a hurry. He told me he would have been happy with 10%. And so like that wouldn't have been a big enough impact to really change his life. I just want to pause here for a second because I love that. For me, rejection is such great motivation, you know, and it's like every time I've ever been rejected, it's been when I've like pivoted to something that is like a life achievement for myself. So I think that if you get rejected, if you feel like you've been let down, it's the best time to put that negative energy into something positive and do something different and impactful for yourself. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who want to try LinkedIn ads. You can get a $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password and then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. 
I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Hey, Yap fam, starting my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass was one of the best things I've ever done for my business. I didn't have to waste time figuring out all the nuts and bolts of setting up a website that had everything I needed, like a way to buy my course, subscription offerings, chat functionality, and so on, because it was super easy with Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're selling your first product, finally taking your side hustle full time, or making half a million dollars from your masterclass like me. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered as you scale. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to other options out there. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., from huge shoe brands like Allbirds to vegan cosmetic brands like Thrive Cosmetics. Actually, back on episode 253, I interviewed the CEO and founder of Thrive Cosmetics, Carissa Bodnar, and she told me about how she set up her store with Shopify and it was so plug and play, her store exploded right away. Even for a makeup artist type girl with no coding skills, it was easy for her to open up a shop and start her dream job as an entrepreneur. That was nearly a decade ago, and now it's even easier to sell more with less thanks to AI tools like Shopify Magic. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. So you can focus on the important stuff, the stuff you like to do, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com profiting, and that's all lowercase. If you want to start that side hustle you've always dreamed of, if you want to start that business you can't stop thinking about, if you have a great idea, what are you waiting for? Start your store on Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. Shopify.com slash profiting for $1 per month trial period. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. Yeah, this was... (laughs) <laughs> kind of like hit home. We were at this like beach uh, vacation this summer and you know, you're at the pool all the time and you're like, man, I really should hit the gym more because I see all these people who are super fit. And so like, maybe that's a motivating factor. You could see it in health. You could see it in business. You'd see it in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it happens all over the place. And then um, the third law is this action and reaction. You know, so for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so we're recording this on election day and somebody just posted like, whether you vote or not, that's a vote. And so that got me thinking about this. You know, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And even if nobody theoretically reacts to your stuff, because I wrote a personal blog for years and years and years that nobody really read outside of my friends and family, well, that was a reaction. It was, you know, a reaction that told me that, hey, you better 
write about stuff that people care about. And it wasn't all for waste because it was practicing skills of writing online and learning WordPress and learning all this other stuff. But it it can be depressing when on the surface it's like, yeah, there was no reaction. What kind of side hustles do you write about on your blog? The big three for the site right now are freelancing, like we talked about, e-commerce, and kind of like a blogging and podcasting, content marketing types of businesses where you're like, okay, I'm going to set up a, an online presence to talk about this subject matter that maybe I'm an expert in, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm learning this subject matter, and you know, monetizing through ads, through affiliate relationships, through digital products. And do you think that there are certain personality types that thrive in this side hustle role? I've seen it work across you know, introverts, extroverts, young, old. It's really a matter of figuring out, okay, what's my offer going to be and how can I get that in front of my target customers? Let's say I'm a millennial and I have this idea for a side hustle. How can I test the idea and make sure it's a good one before I either quit my day job or spend a vast amount of time on it? This is good. Let's dive into this a little bit more. So what's what's the hypothetical business that you're thinking about testing? Let's say selling something on Etsy. Okay, perfect. So if you're looking at Etsy, where I would start is the existing listings on Etsy and the existing listings on eBay, Amazon, Redbubble, you know, some of these other similar marketplaces where people might be buying this stuff. If there are other people making sales, like that's a fantastic sign, right? There's there's money in that market. The second thing that I would probably do is Etsy costs like I think 20 cents to put up a listing. It's almost free. So you create your listing very affordably. And so if it's a handmade product, I would just create one of those so you can take nice pictures and put up that listing for 20 cents. Etsy has on-platform advertising that you can use to drive traffic on top of their, you know, listing optimization tools and keyword tags and stuff like that. But one thing that you probably want to do before paying for traffic is to land some social proof on your Etsy page, which is like, you know, the number of likes on this page, the number of sales that you've made. So you can see that with some initial reviews from friends and family. You might even just give these away and say, I'd, I'd really prefer if you ordered this through Etsy to help out my appearance on that platform. And you find that kind of a similar strategy, not just on Etsy, but on iTunes. Hey, can you review this podcast? On Udemy, hey, would, could you review my course? On Amazon, hey, could you review my book? Like Just to kind of seed the platform with a little bit of social proof so the algorithms start to work in your favor. And so people, when they do land on that page, they say, okay, this isn't a ghost town. There is actually you know, some, there's something to this. Isn't that so funny how you could have thousands of listeners and the, the best personal feedback, but if you have no reviews, like you ain't shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe that's feedback too. Like if nobody wants your thing, like if you can't get your friends and family to buy it, that's probably a sign that it's it's not the best business to go into. And I know a lot of people are thinking about these days starting a podcast, starting a blog. Do you have any advice for those folks? Yeah, I'm still really high on podcasting specifically because I forget the latest stats, but it's probably something like 40% of the population even knows what a podcast is. And so that leaves a huge chunk of the pie like left to go out and grow over the next 5, 10, 15 years, like as people discover on-demand audio and they're probably going to react like I did, like this is amazing. How did I waste so many years listening to nonsense on the radio when I could listen to stuff that is going to help me grow personally and professionally? Like really excited about that. The the key then is, okay, how can I reach those people and the 40% that already do know about podcasts? How can I reach those people in a way that 
is either helpful or entertaining. <laughs> a friend of mine kind of gave me, this was five or six years ago at a conference, gave me the rule of the internet, which I quote all the time. It's, you know, people are only ever online for one of two reasons. You know, number one, to be entertained. And number two, to solve a problem. And you can think of that's Facebook and that's Google. You know, to be entertained or solve a problem. And the podcast may bridge the gap there. Some friends have called it infotainment, where you know, you're providing educational content, hopefully in an entertaining way, but you know, putting the listener first. And it's a practice, it's a craft. Like the first 50 episodes of the Side Hustle Show, awful. You know, I'm embarrassed to go back and, and listen to those, but it just took a while to hit my stride as a host. And I don't know, you're like a radio professional, so you're doing great right out of the gate, but it's a practice. Yeah, yeah. I read that the average side hustle only makes $200 a month and $600 a month if you're really knocking it out of the park. But to me, that doesn't really sound like young and profiting type of stuff. That sounds like we could do better. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't leave your job if you're at that two to $600 a month level. What I would like to see is a track record of earnings history, you know, six to 12 months, and other people will be more aggressive than this, of replacing not necessarily your day job salary, but at least your monthly expenses. So you know you're not going to be dipping into your emergency fund, your savings to try and get to that ramp up period. The exception to that has been from folks where the day job really is the bottleneck. And you say, hey, if I had an extra 40, 50, 60 hours a week in some cases, I know I could get this thing to the next level where it could support me, where it could support my family. That's when it might make sense to make the leap where it looks on paper prematurely. It has to align with your goals too, right? Some people have no intention of leaving their day jobs. Hey, I love my work, but I just I do this stuff on the side because it's fun, because it's interesting, because it provides play money, what you know, for whatever reason. You know, it's building my skills, it's exercising a you know, a different side of my brain. So not everybody is out to quit their day job. I personally feel like side hustles have a negative appeal to some people, especially like the older generation that you should be more traditional, you should have a regular job. Have you faced any of that negative judgment? That's an interesting one. So the negativity comes from a couple places. The first is that you kind of economic macro positioning that we talked about where it's like, you know, what a sad state of affairs that 44 million people feel the need to side hustle. Like, why can't it be like the old days, right? That's maybe one angle. The other angle is just like maybe the word hustle, like as the connotation of like, I'm going to scam people or something like that. Not recognizing, it just means your effort, like control what you can control, work as hard as you can when you can and be smart about it. So actually, Side Hustle Nation comes from uh, a quote from an old baseball coach of mine. He's like, look, you're going to have bad days at the plate. You're going to have bad days in the field, but hustle never slumps. And I was like, oh, okay, I really like that. That stuck with me. Yeah, it is catchy. <laughs> and what side hustles today, like this very moment in time, would you recommend to our listeners? Oh my gosh. So we talked about the freelancing consulting stuff. If you have a skill that's in demand, Absolutely understand that your your boss, your company is probably taking a large percentage of your value. A friend of mine was a was a tutor for Kaplan or you know one of these big tutoring companies. He was making eighteen bucks an hour, which was awesome for him, like in his early twenties. The company was turning around and charging the parents like a hundred bucks an hour, and so he was like, "Wait a minute, I have this skill. I could go out and and sell that directly to my customers." So I like that freelancing marketplace. Perfect first side hustle as a way to get your feet wet, understand that you have value outside of your 
business card outside of your paycheck. My wife and her business partner on the side from, from her job started a photography business, completely unrelated to her engineering job. So it doesn't have to be, I'm an accountant by day, so I'll, I'll do accounting you know, at night. We talked about the podcasting stuff. We talked about kind of like the online authority business, blogging, content marketing businesses. I, I continue to see and I continue to be impressed by some of the numbers that these guys are posting. I just talked to a guy this afternoon who was selling $45,000 a month worth of a online course that teaches you how to start a microgreens farming business and grow the stuff in your garage and sell it to the farmer's market and to local restaurants. And it just blew my mind that there was that much demand in a niche I had never even heard of. And I'm really excited by stuff like that. You know, people having this new ability to kind of monetize these little skills, hobbies, interests that, you know, they might be able to put out there. Yeah, I feel like courses are getting more and more popular and, and so in demand because people just want to learn. And if it's unique content that they can't find anywhere else, you can package that up and monetize it, you know? so Yeah, make it easy for me. Make it step by step. Absolutely. And how about blogs? Like, is there a way to really monetize blogs these days? Because it seems so oversaturated. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm going to like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, that was my initial reaction too, but I keep getting proven wrong. You know, people starting, you know, relatively new sites. Again, another guy I talked to today started a mattress review blog in the UK. So like just a, even a tiny little island where apparently 15,000 people are finding his site every month and clicking on his affiliate links to go buy these mattresses. But because the price point is high enough and the commission is high enough, he's able to make a full-time living doing that. So, you know, the 
on the blogging front, the trap I want people to avoid is like, okay, I'm going to start a personal blog and expect that that makes money. You know, the ones that I see doing well are the blogs that have content that solve specific problems. As you're creating every piece of content, think, okay, how is somebody going to discover this? Usually it's going to be Google, usually it's going to be Pinterest, but like thinking of these user to content platforms. That's a term from Rosemary Groner who runs the busybudgeter.com. It's like a, you know, personal finance budgeting site that's gone crazy. You know, how are people going to discover this? And if, you know, if it has some nonsensical, clever title that only makes sense to you, you know, probably nobody's going to click on that. Probably nobody's going to come and read that. And it's like, you're going to pour your, your heart out. You're going to pour hours into creating this stuff. Like make sure that you're setting yourself up for success it's something that somebody is looking for and you know, you're giving them the best chance to find it. Okay. So we're going to close out with one last question. Tell us about the day that you quit your nine to five job and what made you officially decide to start your side hustle career? The day that I quit, I was out to dinner with my boss and this has been, this has been kind of on my mind for for months, really, because you know, I was building the shoe business on the side from this corporate gig. So I was out to dinner with my boss, and I'm like, okay, this is the day. I'm like, I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break him the news. Like, I'm out of here. I'm gonna give my notice. It still took me like a couple beers deep into this dinner to like build up the nerve to to do it because it's like, is it is that allowed? Can I cut my own paycheck? You know, I went to school. I I have these obligations. Like, is this actually going to work? And I had you know several months of earnings history at that point, so it wasn't you know completely. You might have heard the definition of, oh, an entrepreneur is somebody who jumps off a cliff and is going to you know, figure out how to build their parachute on the way down. Like that was, that was not me, and it was still super scary. But after I told him, it was like this huge weight off my shoulders. And it's just like, okay, this is real. Like, let's, go, let's go do this. And for millennials who are working a side hustle, when should they you know, decide to make that move? I would say once you have at least six months of earnings, history to cover your expenses from the side business. So, you know, you're not you're not jumping without a parachute. You you know, you've got something that you know is working and you think you can get to the next level if you're going to free up some time. Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed this. Before we go, can you let our listeners know where they can learn more about you and Side Hustle Nation? Absolutely. Hit up sidehustlenation.com slash ideas for a constantly updated laundry list of part-time business ideas that you can start today and no opt-in required. And of course, would love to have you tune into the Side Hustle show available in iTunes and pretty much every other podcast player app as well. Perfect. Thanks, Nick. You bet. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. Follow Yap on Instagram at Young and Profiting and check us out at youngandprofiting.com. And now you can chat live with us every single day on our new Slack channel. Check out our show notes or youngandprofiting.com for the registration link. You can find me on Instagram at Yap with Hala or LinkedIn, where I spend most of my social media time. Just search for my name, Hala Taha. Big thanks to the folks who helped put on the show. Timothy Tan, Daniel McFadder, Stephanie Steves, Christian, John Sparks, Kayla, and Ryan. I couldn't have asked for a better team. Until next time, this is Hala signing off. <laughs>